الجزيرة بودكاست A major leak of top-secret U.S. intelligence files. They revealed Ukrainian military preparations and the Pentagon's thinking across a range of sensitive international issues. So how serious is this breach for the United States and its allies? And what impact might it have on them and on Russia? I'm Tom McRae and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast where we dissect, analyse and help define major global stories. Well, for more on this, I'm joined by our guests. In Boston is Glenn Carl, Korea CIA officer and former Deputy National Intelligence Officer for Transnational Threats. In Brussels is Annie Machon, former MI5 officer and author of The Privacy Mission. And in Kent is Colin Wallace, psychological warfare specialist and former member of British Army Intelligence in Northern Ireland. A warm welcome to all of you. Thank you very much for being on Inside Story today. Uh, Glenn, if I can start with you, uh, as a former CIA officer, how embarrassing is this for US intelligence agencies? Well, it's more than embarrassing. It's uh, the term in the CIA for when an operation goes wrong Uh, is a flap, uh, and this is a flap of uh, a major magnitude. Um, It will cause, I'm sure it already already has caused, significant harm, uh, and I expect that uh, some people may well die from it. What do you mean by that? Who who will die from this? Well, the reports don't say that uh, uh, an individual X is working for the United States, Uh, but it does say we have information of a certain nature on a, you know, a given topic. And uh, any counterintelligence service will be uh, hastily and thoroughly now uh, working out who has access to that information in their country uh, and uh, reducing the number of possible uh, individuals. And, and it's quite possible that they could identify uh, the sources. And uh, depending on the country, that will uh, damage or destroy their career or get them killed. Are you talking about Russia specifically here? Yes, yes. So because of this leak, you think some of the Russian sources that have potentially been feeding information to US intelligence services, the consequences they face potentially include being killed? I think that's very possible. I I have in my career uh, a number of colleagues, fortunately never any of the cases that I handled, uh, but a number of my colleagues uh, had uh, sources that they were handling uh, who were killed because of roughly equivalent uh, breaches of our security in previous decades. Mm. Annie, do you see it as being as serious as that as well? I think it is. I mean, there are a number of different strands I would like to draw out of this conversation. First of all, um, the fact that the U.S. um, secret services of any description apparently can't keep their secrets secret. Uh, We had the Vault 7 that came out of WikiLeaks. We had the shadow brokers trying to um, sell NSA cyber weapons online about seven years ago. Um, So this is one of just another leak, um, which I think is interesting because even going back to the Snowden leaks in 2013, which is a decade ago now, that was taken as read that they were authentic, whereas now what we're looking at are leaks which are being questioned and obfuscated by the U.S. administration, saying, well, they might have been tampered with, you know, it's not what we're saying in public, or um, there might be sort of hacking or deep fakes or something like that. So it muddies the waters in terms of people's perceptions of where this information might have come from, 
how it might have been got out, um, and the impact it's going to have. So I think there are all sorts of different issues in play here. It's not just about the old spies not being able to keep their spyware secret. There's also the whole media um, manipulation going on here too, which I find fascinating and actually rather frightening. Mm, well, hopefully we'll delve into some of those um, through, uh, throughout the programme. Colin, uh, do you think that this is a, a US leak, a Russian hack or a misinformation campaign? Well, I, I think... Uh, the old saying, perception is reality, is, is very important in my role. The key thing here is it doesn't matter whether this information is genuine or not, it's the impact it has on sources. Mm. Accurate uh, sources are the lifeblood of intelligence. And if you consider yourself as a soldier in the Ukrainian army now on the front line, if he believes that information he and his colleagues may have shared with the Americans is now being compromised, that has a major impact on the level of trust that they have with America. And of course, that can affect the flow of information. And I think there's a, a really serious psychological problem here with this, whether that information is genuine or not. What do you mean by a psychological problem? Can you expand on that, explain that a little bit for us? Well, when soldiers are in combat, they rely heavily on each other. And they rely also on the information that they're being given and the support they're given to protect them from harm. If they believe that support system has been compromised and that someone or group of people inside are failing to protect them by leaking information uh, and therefore endangering them, that has an impact on the way they see one of their major allies, in this case, the United States of America. And in terms of morale, I can see that as a major problem. Mm. Uh, Glenn, if we could just go back to where you think this leak might have come from. I mean, a number of these documents are labelled top secret, so presumably it is someone uh, with, you know, very high clearance. How many people would have had access to, to these types of documents? Well, uh, unfortunately, in a, in a couple of ways, I, I think I have some insight uh, on that, and it's not encouraging the news from from my perspective or or pers an encouraging perspective. <clears throat> yes, uh, top secret is uh, one of the higher levels of classification. Although there are many, which will sound strange, but there are many classifications. Uh, exponentially more sensitive than top secret. Top secret, mm -hmm. there are hundreds of thousands of documents shared with dozens of thousands of individuals in the United States National Security Establishment uh, that, are, that are classified top secret. So that's part of the problem. Um, since 9-11, the attacks 21, 22 years ago now, um, the intelligence community has ballooned. Uh, and in a particular way, it hired uh, many uh, independent contractors. I was a staff officer. I went through uh, years of training prior to being commissioned essentially as an officer and then allowed to field, except uh, to serve in the field other than under the supervision of uh, a training officer. <clears throat> With the independent contractors, that isn't really the case. They may hire a retired officer like me and bring him or her back, or they'll hire someone who has linguistic abilities or forensic abilities and so on and so forth. But frankly, although it's stated that the standards and the requirements, obligations and controls are the same for them, uh, 
That is not really true. It's impossible to have the same level of security and devotion to mission when you have dozens of thousands of contractors with access to this kind of information. That's what Snowden was. Uh, that's what a couple of the other cases in the last 20 years of, of breaches have been. And I suspect that that is uh, what is happening now. I have no, obviously, firsthand uh, indications, but, but I recognize the information, how it's presented, the kinds of documents that we are seeing, and uh, how the system functions. And that's what I suspect will have happened. And they are also easier, those individuals, for foreign intelligence services, specifically the Russians, to target and manipulate. Mm. Anyway, I see you nodding along there um, through uh, what Glenn was saying. I mean, if it is uh, someone from inside the US intelligence uh, agencies uh, or, or a contractor associated with them, why do you think someone in that position would maybe want to leak documents like this? Because they seem damaging to so many different countries, um, including Russia, as well as the US, obviously. And also Israel and South Korea, as you mm. said in your introduction, um, and various other countries. I think what we need to look at is the geopolitical tectonic plates here. You know, who is really fighting whom? Um, and there have been a number of proxy wars. Um, Glenn mentioned the, you know, post 9-11 um, issues and the beginning of the war on terror and the moral slide for the Western intelligence agencies that went helter-skelter down the route of torture and uh, extraordinary rendition, kidnapping effectively, um, and all that sort of thing. And that did um, destabilize, I think, a lot of people's trust, even on the inside, in how our intelligence agencies are supposed to function. There has to be a proportionality in any democracy when it comes to our trust in these sort of organizations. And when it's, the pendulum swings too far one way, people begin to distrust. And I think that's what happened in the noughties, and the beginning of the tens, and that's why Snowden evolved. He came mm. out and um, said what he said. That's why other things were leaked, two things like WikiLeaks, or were leaked onto the dark web, the Shadow Brokers case. And I think that might be something similar here. So one, there is a, a generational issue, I would suggest, which is um, perhaps even going back to my, my generation, you know, growing up in the 80s, starting to work in the 90s, the idea that you would have a job for life and you would work for an organization, progress through it and be protected by it, um, compared to what uh, younger people now face when they're coming up. And they might just be seen as contractors, a bit expendable, but perhaps not vetted as carefully or whatever. There's, there's that breakdown of mutual trust um, in terms of what the agencies they're working for can do and what the agencies um, can protect them with thereby. So I think there's all sorts of stuff here. It's, it's not just the interpersonal. Um, it's not just the uh, the way that we perceive mainstream media or we perceive whistleblowing. We perceive leaks. Um, it's just a breakdown of trust, I think, which is really sad. And the key question really is, mm. how can we rebuild this to um, adhere our societies again, you know, to mm. build that trust again? Annie um, was talking there, I guess, uh, about trust between the public and, and these intelligence agencies. Colin, what about the trust between... And the media. And the media, yeah. Um, Colin, what about the trust between countries? You know, obviously, uh, Ukraine, uh, Zelensky's come out and, and condemned these leaks and saying it's just part of a misinformation campaign. I mean, what about the trust between the US and Ukraine at this point in time? What does it, does, what does it do to that relationship? 
Well, I think uh, this is a major problem because a conflict such as Ukraine is not just a war about gaining territory. It's a war about the mind. It's about the minds of people throughout the world and how they perceive this conflict. Uh, and at the moment, uh, the fact that you and I and endless other media outlets are talking and writing about this story shows that it is, is of great significance. The only people at the moment who must be feeling relatively happy about this are probably our friends in Soviet intelligence, because this is almost the perfect deception operation. What we have now got is this lack of trust, and it's absolutely right. If people's lives and well-being are on the line, and they suddenly feel that the people around them, particularly their superiors, are somehow incompetent or not caring about their well-being, then that is a major source for discontent uh, and all sorts of difficult things spring from that. Mm. Glenn, I want to talk a little bit about the timing. Sorry, I just want to say as well. Yeah, no, jump in, Annie. Colin was saying, it's all about the. Um, it's not just about the lack of trust. It's all about disillusionment and perceiving the people, mm. so-called superiors or whatever, in power, who don't actually um, really care about the interests of most people. They're more interested in self-serving. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that as a generalisation, but I think that is a perception that most people are beginning to see. And that's why we're seeing an increase in populist movements, in um, disenfranchisement, and the riots that are happening, mm. have been happening for years across Europe. And that's just a Western perspective, let alone, you know, what's going on in the rest of the world. So I think we need to take that bigger picture as well and how people begin to feel manipulated and begin to feel a lack of trust. And that spills into our digital lives online um, and how we can protect those too, which goes back to the media stuff and the disinfo stuff, Colin, yeah. which I totally agree with. Yeah. Well, Glenn, from an American point of view, I mean, obviously misinformation and disinformation and fake news has been widely discussed over the last five or six years uh, in the US. How is this leak being viewed uh, there? And, and has that affected trust between uh, the public and, and US intelligence agencies and the media that are, that are trying to provide uh, correct and factual information? Yes, uh, on this point, which is a, a very important one, I think I differ a bit from uh, our colleagues. I'm not surprised. I think that uh, that there have been uh, statements issued trying to cast doubt on on the uh, legitimacy uh, of the uh, documents, because when uh, something bad has happened, all one can do really is to wave a shiny object someplace else or spread smoke or fog to try to muddy the uh, perceptions and uh, in, in some vain hope that uh, the information might not then be taken as accurate or acted upon as, uh, as immediately. So that doesn't disturb me, although the implications potentially on the public's perceptions, as uh, our colleagues have said, are, are grave, or potentially certainly grave. What this does to the perceptions of the U.S., I, I don't think that that's too much of an issue. The, uh, really, the, the issue is um, a loss, perhaps, in um, uh, faith is too strong a word, maybe, but in trust uh, about the competence of the uh, American services and the government, really. Uh, it's in my lifetime, uh, sadly, 
that the uh, perception of the government by Americans has gone from an assumption that it would do right and was serving our interests to one of wariness and, and cynicism. The reasons that go far beyond the intelligence world, but the but they affect the intelligence world. Uh, so that's that's really what would happen um, from the perspective of perception and the Americans. I don't see that as a huge issue. The issue is a more practical one that I see, which is that this is a uh, an unfolding disaster for American intelligence and potentially uh, uh, policy. As as these flaps are, I, I think to to give some perspective on how serious. The CIA and, and my colleagues and other uh, intelligence agencies uh, take this. The single most important uh, element of our training, and as a, literally my training lasted years before I was allowed to go into the field, is to protect your asset. It's a cold-blooded term, but whether it's our the, the technical source, but always in my specialization, human sources. That's what you have to devote your life to protecting, because if they lose their trust in you, then they will not work with you. And if mm -hmm. you make a mistake, uh, they will die. Uh, it's taken extremely seriously. Uh, a, the slightest error, one one thousandth, one one hundred thousandth less serious than this breach will destroy the career of myself or my colleagues, because that is the price. It's just like being a captain of a ship. It doesn't matter if you are not... Uh, the agent of uh, going, a sh you know, um, against the rocks, uh, you are responsible. And so your career will be uh, uh, destroyed. It is the ultimate responsibility. So, so this is a serious issue. And that kind of devotion to mission, um, almost obsessive focus on, on responsibility, frankly, is not shared, inculcated, and can't really exist with people who come for a couple of years to get a credential or to think they're doing something exciting, as opposed to the nearly um, uh, convent-like uh, devotion, uh, monk-like devotion of uh, a traditional intelligence officer. And, and I, know that, I know that is the case in the, my British colleagues. I've worked with them uh, and in my French and every other service. Mm. It's, it's essential uh, and, and it's a problem when it doesn't exist. Yeah. Colin, I, I know you spent your career working uh, with British Army intelligence as a psychological warfare specialist. And uh, as Glenn mentioned at the beginning of this program about people's lives are now at risk because of this leak uh, with sources um, potentially uh, within Russia uh, that have been leaking potentially to the US intelligence agencies and, and the CIA that they are now at risk. What will Russia be doing at this point in time? What will the Kremlin be doing at this point in time to try and stamp down on those leaks, uh, stamp down on those people that may have been leaking to the US or their allies? Well, I think the last speaker summed it up beautifully. You know, the source is the main uh, weapon that the intelligence agencies have. It's about reliable, consistent information that we have regular access to. Now, once anything happens that changes that relationship or the perception of that relationship, damages the flow of information. And since I was in Northern Ireland, the world order has almost changed. We've seen the rise of China, the movement of Russia, new alliances being formed. And we're also in a world that communicates much faster. And I think in days gone by, when a lot of the contact was done face to face with people, now that is 
to some extent diminishing as the volume increases. We can handle vast quantities of information now uh, compared with days gone by. But at the end of the day, intelligence, I believe, is a relationship between an individual and his or her handler. And once we lose sight of that, I think then lots of these problems that we're talking about begin to creep in because we've 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 lost our sense of value about what that world is about. It's not the world of James Bond. It's about sometimes very frightened people who are under pressure for all sorts of things. And they have to trust you. They're trusting you with their life. And once we suddenly seem to regard that as no longer important, I think we have a, a major problem on our hands. Yeah. And I just want to talk a, a little bit about uh, criticism of, of the Russian intelligence services. Uh, many military analysts have said that um, the, the Russian military apparatus is so deeply compromised that the documents suggest that US intelligence has been able to obtain daily real-time warnings on the timing of Moscow's strikes and even some of their specific targets. I mean, what do you make of, of Russian intelligence at this point in time and, uh, I guess, from the beginning of the war till now? I will answer this, but I do want to pick up on what Colin just said, because I absolutely agree. Um, this is something I've been talking about for years, that uh, the human intelligence, where you have people that you can task and who report back and you build up that relationship of trust, is the crown jewels mm. of intelligence work. And you cannot put them at risk. Um, that would just be bad on every level as a human being. So, um, yeah, I think this is something that does need to be nurtured. And I think it's something that WikiLeaks and other whistleblower websites have tried to protect, despite the disinfo that's come out about those sort of websites, in terms of obfuscating the identities of these people. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the Russians, mm, there has been, I would say, or suggest, a resurgence um, for at least 15 years about uh, from the you know the new versions FSB SVR blah 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 the former KGB and um, they seem to be uh, should we say slightly less um, good at obfuscating their tracks and hiding their tracks because they've been caught out a number of times in a number of cases but they are seem to be just as ruthless that's not to say that the Western agencies are not as ruthless and do not build a panoptic uh, surveillance infrastructures, which is what Edward Snowden again disclosed a decade ago. Uh, things with PRISM and around the Five Eyes network, which is, you know, mm. uh, North, yeah, the whole of North America and uh, New Zealand, Australia and the UK. So every country spies on every country. They do what they think is their best in their best interest. Um, some of it's misguided. Some of it is intrusive. Some of it is actually appalling ethically which is what we saw in the immediate aftermath um, of 9-11 and the war on terror for mm -hmm. most of the West. So we just need to keep that perspective open. Every country has its own national interest. Every country has these teams of organisations that try and do these things to protect that national interest. We might not agree with it. They would agree with what we're trying to do. But mm. um, we shouldn't stigmatise whole populations because of what their governments and their secret intelligence agencies do. They are the innocent and they're the ones that are victimized and they are the ones if they are very unfortunate they get caught in the crossfires between particularly east and west like ukraine like syria like libya like afghanistan like iraq and like many countries across mm -hmm. africa at the moment being asset stripped so we need to think about that bigger picture and pull out it's not just about spy versus spy this has real genuine impacts on millions of people and on 
all our data globally. And that's the sort of perspective we should try to remember when thinking about the more the smaller issues that we're talking about today. Yeah. Just very quickly before we before we go, uh, Glenn, what's going to be the long term fallout of, of this leak in particular? Is, is it, you know, the people, the sources that Annie's been talking about? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because it's an important one. And in a perverse way, it's sort of the uh, it's not a silver lining, but it's a relativizing um, perspective to have. But before I address that, just very, very quickly to touch upon what does this imply uh, about the Russian services? You know, the worse the society, the worse the system, the worse the government, the, the more opportunities there are for other intelligence services. So there's no surprise, and this is nothing new, that uh, one can penetrate uh, the Russians if one can gain access to them. A totalitarian system makes it harder. You know, it's, it's a rotten system where um, there's a lot of corruption. Um, and uh, for all of the flaps and problems that the CIA has paraded in the media, you know, over the years, uh, the CIA is very, very good. And the U.S. intelligence community, as are other countries, too, um, okay. doing its job, which almost one never sees. So that's no surprise. What is the long-term fallout of this leak in particular? Yeah, relatively, the flaps occur, unfortunately, relatively regularly. Uh, with all services. So this will blow over. The South Koreans will make a lot of noise because it's embarrassing that an ally is spying them. But then national interests, as our colleagues pointed out, will uh, will dominate and things will return to people spying and working with each other simultaneously. OK, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you so much uh, to all of our guests, Glenn Carl, Annie Michon and uh, Colin Wallace. Thank you very much for being on Inside Story. This episode was produced by Dermot Fleming, Fintan Monaghan, Fongi Nguyen and Paul Taylor. Studio sound was by Ali Alhani. The programme was edited by Mohamed Subhoy, Lynn Nguyen and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. Tune in on Wednesday for our next episode. Mm-hmm.